talk about it. Golf talk. All right, Sean, it's our extremely um, highly anticipated post-masters pre-RBC show here and i'm looking forward to, to talking uh, a lot of about this past weekend and also obviously what's going to come up with this exciting tournament where, where is this tournament is it in canada i feel like this tournament's always in canada this tournament's never in canada oh is it just called the can the, like the canadian open even though it's not the canadian open well it's not called the canadian open either isn't it sponsored by the royal bank of canada it is okay Uh, do they move this one around too? Is this another one of those rescheduled tournaments that was previously in like August and now is in April? Uh, no. Okay. No, this one's always, yeah, now pretty much. And at the same place, yeah, for many, many, many years now. So Tiger, Tiger finally won a, a tournament again, and it happened to be at Augusta last week. Yesterday, and <clears throat> where were you when this happened? Like, give me your. I feel like this is kind of like the way people are going to treat this. It's going to be like, where were you when JFK was shot? Where were you when 9/11 happened? Where were you when Tiger Woods won the Masters in 2019? Uh, I was in India. Yeah, but where were you though? Like, I know you were in India. Oh okay, all right. I just um. Oh, I had I had traveled an hour away by bus in order to get enough cell phone signal to watch Patrick Cantlay's final round. In a four dollar hotel room, eating uh like weird rice snacks. Yeah, I do. I do think that the the real story here really isn't Tiger. It's it's got to be the um. There's there were I don't know seven or eight pretty pretty good storylines out of Sunday and I don't think Tiger was the top one I think we could go with let's start with like you just mentioned Cantlay you were you specifically went out of your way literally to to make sure you could witness him golfing on on Sunday and sure enough he was he was a part of the broadcast coverage because he was the leader for uh, a few minutes on Sunday I think after he finished his twelfth hole. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think he had to have played the best weekend, right? Uh, by far. He was by far the best weekend golfer, the best Saturday-Sunday golfer. Yeah, I mean, and that's, I don't know. I just, I can't, I, I can't even say enough good things about Patrick Cantlay. I'm just gushing about not his future, but where he is right now with his game and the impact that he's having on the game of golf. Do you think do you think that maybe he's a role model for for, for some like do you, do you feel like maybe people are going to see him out there and they're going to start dressing like him maybe or or playing like him I mean his playing style is pretty unique I feel like that I, that you know if if I were a, a sponsor I'd make sure I had some Cantlay in my portfolio Yeah I uh I mean I think the really undersold thing here is and we can get to this later when we have tiger on the show um I, you kind of buried that lead a little bit i feel like but yeah we do have uh 
In the second half, the second hour of today's show, we do have a uh, Tiger Woods scheduled for a phone interview. It, I doubt we'll get that much time with him, but I think we're going to patch him in via Skype. But that's I'm still working out the details with our producers. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I, I don't even want to. I'm not even really looking forward to that. Um, but one of the things I do want to ask him about is this Patrick Cantlay comeback story and how. Um, Cantlay's comeback kind of paved the way and may have inspired Tiger for his own comeback. Because as we all know, Patrick Cantlay um, had a devastating, nearly career-ending back injury and uh, really got sidelined there for a few years and then was able to, starting about two years ago, uh, put his game back together and has really, I think, been kind of the marker or the... Uh, trailblazer for other guys like Tiger Woods to come along and do the same thing. Has he had, has Cat, has Cantley had other off the course struggles besides the back injury? I don't think I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here. I don't know the full Cantley story. I know he was, he had the injury and he had to spend some time recovering. Did he have to overcome a drug addiction? Was he, was he a sex addict? Did he have problems with his family, his wife? Um, any trouble with the law? Uh, I, you know, I mean, with all golfers, it's, there's a lot of blanks here to fill in. Um, you like to give them a benefit of the doubt. Uh, I, I've met Patrick Cantlay's father and brother, uh, at the players 2017. Uh, he had a raging, a raging Friday going. You can look this up. You can Google this, by the way, all our listeners out there, you can Google this and see that he was shooting like four or five under at the turn or close to that. And, um, yeah, got to hang out with his dad and brother and check out that, that, uh, a good chunk of that round. Um, and he seemed, he seemed, you know, I would say that, you know, judging from his family upbringing, I think that no, he probably, um, was just like, playing golf simulators and stuff the whole time. No pills, no illegitimate children, none of that type of stuff. That'd be my guess. So it's just a matter of time before he's going to win a major, right? Yeah, I mean, I think really what happened on Sunday was more so an instance of class on Patrick Cantlay's part. Like, he could feel the stage and feel the moment, and he knew that... He's got plenty of time, and he was like, you know what? Let's just let Tiger have this one. It will be for the betterment of the game long term. And, yeah, Patrick Cantley will get his dozen or so here soon. Okay, so you're saying that he's he let Tiger win. That's, that's, a, that's a hot take. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not a mind reader, but I mean, just, you were watching Sunday, right? You saw the way that Patrick Cantley had played for like 34 consecutive holes. And then what happened? He slipped up. He slipped up and realized he, he accidentally played too good and was like, oh shit, I need to dial it back a little bit. Let my man have his moment. It's kind of like in the all-star game. When the guy's like, you got like Cal Ripken in there, and it's like, ah, uh, you know, we're just going to throw him a fastball right down the middle. It's up to him. 
if he hits a home run or not, but we're going to give him a chance. And Cantley was like, look, as long as Tiger doesn't blow this, I'm going to give him a chance. So I tend to think that the, whatever happened on Sunday was more of a result of the uh, the gallery, the the fans. I feel like they were rooting against every golfer except Tiger, which maybe that happens every event, and it just happened to actually work this time. But I think you could definitely feel in the stands, like when Molinari hits the hits the ball into the water on uh, on twelve. Was it twelve or thirteen? Twelve. 12. Yeah, hits the ball into the water on 12. You could just f- sense everybody in the and on you know in, in the gallery was 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 just pumped. That was like the moment that that, that they knew that Tiger was was probably going to win. I mean, that was you know, maybe you know, maybe you could point back to the earlier double bogey that round from Molinari, but that ball in the water this the even my 3-year-old daughter was really excited about it. She said splash, and that was Oh, she definitely. Yeah. yeah, you're all fucked up on that because the earlier one was on twelve, and you're talking about the one that hit the pine cone. Um, I'm trying to think of yeah. When, when did he hit the water? Was it wasn't that twelve? Yeah, I, I think he went in the water on twelve and like sixteen, fifteen, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you remember the round at all. You're kind of. Oh, you know, okay, this is where I'm getting backed up. Okay, this is where I'm getting mixed up. So the par three, I think, is 12, right? Yeah. Okay, he went in the water there, but I was more thinking about the... Maybe it was 13. You were thinking of the pine. It wasn't 13. It was... No, it was 15. Was it 15? Okay, whatever. 15. It was 15 where he he, he has the... uh, It's like an 80-yard approach, and he just puts it in the water. Seems to me that the the fans were obviously excited to see other people fail. Yeah, the fans are jackasses. They're terrible people, and really, they were. Yeah, I, I, I just wish that every fan, if like we could have an entire audience of Patrick Cantlay's, I think that it would be a lot more fair. Uh, I'll just say that. Okay, a lot more fair. Yeah, um, it was not. I mean, it was unfair. Unfair circumstances for Molinari there. I, I mean, Augusta. They should really just remove the fans. It should be like one of those basketball games where the referees mandate that no fans can watch, or one of those soccer games. You know, like where there's like threats of violence and they just remove all the fans. They should have that. Why is the Masters not on that level where it's just played in like a vacuum? I also enjoyed. Uh... Actually, I didn't watch this. I just read about it because I, I turned I turned the TV off after after the sixteenth uh, when Tiger took the two shot two shot lead, and I um, um forgot what I was going to say. So yeah, I honestly, know. I think uh, I think that's a good like I'm really the Masters is over with. It's in the past. It's done for. Like I'm I'm not interested. On 16, I stopped giving a shit as well. Um, Yeah, I think we ought to take a break and come back and talk about a real tournament that actually matters, like the RBC Heritage Classic. RBC Heritage. DraftKings.com, my favorite website for some reason. I'm not sure why, but 
Anyways, DraftKings has a, has a contest. You can you can enter in five dollars to to win a hundred thousand dollars. I may or may not enter twenty or so entries. Um, if I'm gonna go with my most highest owned golfer of the week, Sean, who are you gonna give me as that guy? Uh, probably. Tommy Fleetwood, unless the I always underestimate the public's ability to bail on those who they love the most. But the other interesting guy, not interesting, but actually uninteresting guy, is Rafa Cabrera Bello, who gets overowned like routinely, and he's super cheap here. He has the caveat of actually being a good fit for this course for once. Normally, we can hold that against him because he's kind of short and like putts kind of putting to yeah like so but that so let's, let's talk here. about the so yeah i'm just gonna walk over your your, your voice here let's, let's talk about the course for a minute because you were talking in our group chat earlier this morning about how it's a dink and dunk type of a, of a course and that, that that's you know the sort of some sort of uh generally random golfer can win this event who is the most representative of that style of golf like who's the best dink and dunker on on the tour um Let's forget so that. who's the most dink and dunker in this event. Yeah, that's a good question. Cause like dink and dunk is really specific, and this it actually requires slightly more sharpness than say like the uh, the season opener they have out in Hawaii, which is truly just like a a par three that they make you hit a shot beforehand. Um, this has some troubles, and the wind can kick up. So I'm avoiding your question. Uh. Because I, yeah, I think really are, yeah. I think there's some some short guys that have some sharpness, like a Jim Furyk, but I wouldn't call him a dink and dunker. So um, the yeah, the most stereotypical guy in that category, I would look at like uh, Zach Johnson. He's just yeah. Wouldn't you go yeah. with like the guy who has the generally speaking the the, the lowest driving distance? You know, on on average, coming in as like, Let's, okay, this is the course. Kind of a correlation you, because in theory, if you're that bad at driving the ball, you're hopefully good at the other parts of your game. But it's not always right. true. Like, I mean, in order to be on tour at all, you know, usually it's canceled out by like an amazing, amazing wedge game, or like you're an amazing putter. Right, and uh, this this course requires an amazing wedge game, right? Isn't that what you just said? Yeah, short irons. It, it's not full wedge, but it's all short irons. Like everyone can reach. Uh, the par fives are short. You're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of guys playing from the same place in the fairway. Is something I look at in courses where you're not getting separation with your driving distance. Everyone's forced to play to the same spot, so everyone's hitting. Like you know, normally one guy might be hitting from. 140 and the other guy's hitting from 175 you're going to see that a lot less often here because the course will just dictate everyone playing to the same spot in the fairway and you're just gonna have tighter bunch scores and the way you get separation with really tightly bunched tournaments like that is on the greens which is like wholly unpredictable so it's did you hear about that guy in wisconsin sorry did you hear about that guy in wisconsin who who bet eighty five thousand dollars on on tiger to win the Masters, yeah, I heard about that. He claims that it was his first ever sports wager. How how big of a 
bullshit lie is that? I mean, there is no way that's the first sports bet that's guy, that, that that guy's ever made. I mean, why not? Why, how do you know? I mean, what? where did he get the money? What Did he just win the lottery or something? Like, what? There's lots of questions to be answered here. He was apparently $25,000 in debt recently, whatever that means. I mean, because as <laughs> Americans, if you're not in debt, like, what does that even mean? Where did he get the 85K then? Where, there's 120K yeah, missing somewhere there. The, the the stories from 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 what I've read, the, the stories just sort of lead, have, again have more questions than answers. But but it's very interesting that he claims to have made his first ever sports wager. Just so happens to be an eighty five thousand dollar wager on the Masters. He flew to Las Vegas for this wager. He decided to just get on a plane from Wisconsin. Oh, oh my God, that's yeah. that's the biggest load of horseshit. So there's obviously some kind of collusion going on, right? I mean, are you getting well, at I don't that know if it's or collusion? But like, I feel like he's just probably a degenerate. Oh, you think he's a degenerate guy, gambler who who like yeah decided to make a big splash going to Vegas and drop down eighty five grand. And I guess it, it's probably a non story if he doesn't win because I'm sure this happens all the time where people decide to fly hey, to I'm Vegas to, to Vegas. eighty five grand now. Yeah, I'm no, sure that happens all the time. I think I mean, it was I've a, thought about it. I think it was a proxy bet from Phil Mickelson. Where Phil just like called like a friend of a friend of a friend and was like, "Hey, I can't okay. bet this personally. Okay. Go put eighty five k on him. I'll give you fifteen k, like to to make the flight and everything. Like I think that's where Phil's at in his life." So back to the RBC. Uh, you, we don't we don't really know who who like who the, you said Zach Johnson might might fit that uh, category. Yeah, but I'm not really excited about Zach Johnson this week. Um, what about DA points? He seems like the kind of guy who uh, thrives in these kinds of conditions. Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, can you defend that play at all? I feel like he he did well in a couple tournaments last year, and, and I don't remember if it was a a pitch and putt type of a situation. But uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't. He does okay. well at the Pebble Beach Pro Am, and like that's chalked up to like. But not even really. It's not that consistent. I think it's chalked up to just like his the right personality or who knows. He's a non. I don't want to spend too much time on one golfer. You mentioned Cabrera Bello. He's been uh, you've been kind of hating on him in in your own right over the past several months, and and here you are thinking this might be a good course fit for him. So that's cool. Um, no, I'm still hating I'm on gonna... him. It's just like we can't hold that against him. But he's just all right. Here's the bottom okay. line: here is you have no choice but to still try to just play the best overall golfers. But there's not nearly as much confidence in any of the plays this week as you normally would because it's not like the stats that they've accumulated or the courses they've accumulated these stats on are much less comparable to this course than normal. Like. Yeah, it's a mess, man. It's really a mess. So just fade the popular guys for sure. Like well, take, and, and, take so let me stats. just guess. I'm 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 gonna make some guesses who the popular guys are gonna be. Oh, if, if only based off of what I just watched on TV the past few days. I'm gonna go with Ian Poulter is gonna be highly owned. Just a random wild guess there. I didn't even know he was in the field. Yeah, he'll be highly owned. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, don't play him. Yeah, we we talked about Fleetwood. He'll be on their own. I think Cantley might be high owned. I mean, is that where do we fall? Well, the that? problem Obviously, is though, you've got 
like Bryson has a good history here. You shouldn't play him. You got Kucher speed. I just you can't pick two of those guys. Are that many people really going to go for Cantley? I feel like we appreciate what Cantley did, but I think most people are like, ah, oh, he dropped back to seventh. Like, man, eh, whatever. Just a flash in the pan. I think most people would rather take Kucher over Cantley. Is what I'm saying. That's interesting. I think that's probably true. Um, yeah, as far as high, highly owned, uh, highly owned, uh, sorry, uh, guys, I'm, I'm just not I'm having a, I'm having a hard time trying to find guys in this. Webb Simpson, but he's nah, he's not that hot right now in the public's eye, and he's up there in salary again. Like, it, yeah, it's pretty high. It's really crowded up top there. It's really crowded. Like, it'll get spread around. I feel like. I mean, Shoffle has got to be of... like an extremely popular choice right now. Yeah, but he's really highly priced. I mean, he is really up there. Uh, he's that good, though. I mean... You're not going to use him, right? I could. Well, you're not going to use him because you're in India, but like, you're not going to suggest anybody to use him. I'll right? actually be back in time to play this contest. Oh. Yeah. Holy... Are we allowed to talk about this together? I don't know. This feels like collusion. Okay. Um... I'll tell you one guy who's going to be probably low owned is Jordan Spieth. I, I mean, you'd hope so. He's garbage. It's funny. This is, I wrote in my Rotogarners article, this is like, if there were ever to be a get right course for Spieth, it could possibly be here. But like, don't put any money on it. it he's not going to get right. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if people did put money on it. Uh, some they will. I just heard you say that. Yeah, they're going to ignore that and just go with it. Some will. Um, pretty heavy on our, our favorite Korean golfer, right? Yeah, why not? Benny byun Yeah. I mean, again, it's kind of toughly buried. we got Sung Jae there. You've got Lucas Glover. Um Russell Knox is actually playing pretty well lately. He's worth a good look here. Um, interesting stuff. It's just a mess, man. Like, I can't even get that excited about Ben on because it's not that it's a bad course fit. I, it's not a get-right course for Ben on's putter. I like him much more at the Wells Fargo or the PGA Championship. And, like, it sounds crazy as much as we love him, but I'd almost prefer that he, like, because if he does bad here, I can really explain it. And then he'll just be totally buried. Like, no one will touch him for the Wells Fargo and for the PGA Champ. So it almost – I'm just so detached to, like, whatever happens, we can react to it and get an advantage. Yeah, but but I don't understand. I'm going to go with – I'm going to just be the devil's advocate here. Uh, you're you're telling me that the putting is, is random if he randomly putts well, which is the only hole in his game in the past – I don't know how far back, but past at least few three, four, five events where the putter has just been the the reason why he hasn't won every event. He might figure it out this week, right? I mean, what's to say he couldn't figure it out this week and have a lucky putting round tournament? Uh, I mean, there's certain types of greens and greens complexes uh, that lend themselves to getting more lucky on the greens, and this isn't one of them. Like, you know, a place like the Waste Management has a lot of, like, really long, flat, slow putts. And I just, it's, you know, you're right. Anything could happen. But I feel like a place like that um, is more likely 
for that to happen or a place like a major championship where we didn't see this at Augusta. It was like the slowest the greens have ever been there, but a major championship where the, it's just like you're putting on like a f ice surface and nobody can make anything. That's another spot to play a guy like Ben on. Um, yeah, he's got a chance. I'm not going to not play him, but I'm just kind of like, it's not the best spot in the world for him. Fair enough. Uh, what else uh, strikes your fancy about this contest or course or event? or? Uh, I'm just ready for tournament. it to be over with. It'll be interesting to watch, but there's just, it's like one of the, it's a really hard one to predict because it's plays to a different skills. I mean, look, the last two winners here are Satoshi Kodaira, um, who fucking sucks and Wesley Bryan who is was really bad for like the majority of the year after that like it's just it's a contest of like anybody who's just feeling it that weekend could snag this one and that makes it like yeah there's some game theory to play there like don't be afraid to throw some darts but yeah but but didn't I'm not you excited. say that there hasn't there's not usually the level of competition like these. There's a, there's a 10, 10 top 50 golfers here. I, don't, I just made that number up, but I mean, there's okay, a bunch. So, uh, I didn't count I just them. Said, I'll just beep that out. But yeah, well, there's it's some, fucking it's a, we DJ one, Molinari two, Shoffley three, Deschambeau four, Kuchar five, Cantlay six, Spee seven, Fleetwood eight. That's eight for sure. Top 50 guys. I'm not sure. Some of these guys are right on the line. Ben on is, 50th or something now, right? I mean, there's nine, so that's a fair 51st. guess, dude. All right, well, that's a fair guess. RCB's probably in the top 50. What a bum. Did he play in the Masters? I don't remember him being in the Masters. Oh, well, maybe he's not. In the, he shouldn't be in the top 50. Did he missed the cut? I mean, he didn't, a, he, he didn't make the bum. final weekend. Nobody missed the cut except for Paul Casey and Sergio. Justin Rose. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Anyway, you get the idea. It's like there's all these other dudes, but even then, you got to pick like one or two out of the eight. Good luck. I'm going to roster DJ and some punts and just really looking forward to the Wells Fargo and the PGA Championship, which I okay. may get to be in attendance at both, covering live. Uh, we'll see. See yeah, if I'll, the um, I'll be sure to take off some work uh, and, and do a podcast live with you from the <laughs> from the course. Yeah, I'm still so waiting to see if the press passes come through or not. This is a surprising amount of golf content that we're providing today. I'm a little, uh, a little taken aback by that. Well, the only other thing I would talk about is how disappointed I am in Ed as as basically as a parent, as a human, as a friend, as a lover. Okay, so... What did, what did that do this time? <laughs> I, I, I just can't even, I don't, uh, wow, I mean, basically he woke up in the morning and, and decided to exist on this planet at the same time as me. And I know that's a really difficult thing to hold against him, but yeah, it got to me today. 
his mere existence. It wasn't that he didn't do any actual uh, actions, just existing. That and rewatching movies over and over and over again from the mid '90s and commentating on them in the group chat, like play by play for movies that we've all seen that he's seen 25 times and like planning out his evening, like, man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rewatch a movie tonight. I got it all figured out. That shit really, for some reason, I was just like, man, with all the potential goodness in Ed's heart, all that he has to offer the world, like all his gifts to humanity, this is what the course of of action that he set forth in his life. And I feel like he's, you, he's really just wasting, he's wasting his life. Where do you fall on the scale of, of rewatching movies? Are you uh, 100% against rewatching movies? Like if, if, if I rewatched one movie once, would I be in the same category as, as that? Or is that... No, acceptable? I would say very, just right off the top of my head, very obviously, rewatching movies comes into play in two situations. One for like the most elite, amazing, like captivating, enthralling movies ever. Like we're talking about top 0.01% movies that you've ever seen in your life. Or if like a really hot chick wants to watch them with you. Those are the two situations where it's ever acceptable. Okay. Makes sense. That's my take. And what about um, you? What's I, the last movie you rewatched? Uh, good question. I don't remember. It's been a while. I don't. I don't typically have time to, to. I don't watch movies much lately anymore. I watch random TV shows every once in a while. But movies, I haven't. I have not watched a movie in a while. It's that's a good. That's a good it. start. No, I mean that's. I mean you're actually you are probably living a healthy, productive life where you contribute to the betterment of society and mankind well, I, and. Let's take a second to like maybe maybe Ed's watched some newer movies and he's just not as pleased with those newer movies as he is with, say, his old standbys. Uh, maybe he's seen enough consecutive movies, and again, you know, it's uh, kind of like watching a golfer uh, miss several consecutive cuts. Uh, are you gonna use that guy, or are you gonna you're gonna go back and watch the '77 uh, yeah. Barbasol? I don't know what. The nineteen eighty Phoenix Management Waste Management Open that that wasn't the Waste Management. Uh, the Greater oh, Greater Phoenix Open. The Greater Phoenix Open until twenty ten, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I, think I mean, that, I would just you know, maybe maybe he's stop there. watching movie. I think no, you made the point. Is like I mean, the real look. I know this is asking a lot. I wouldn't even ask this of Ed. It's going too far. But like the real logical thing is to just stop watching movies like i mean at least with that kind of insane regularity i mean the guy works like 60 hours a week and then seemingly spends like another dozen plus hours watching movies and then complains about not getting enough sleep and it's like dude there's some there's some places here that you could like wiggle some things around and like severely improve your quality of life Yeah, maybe our our next uh, our next theme of our next podcast can be ways to improve your <clears throat> excuse me ways to improve your life. And I think you've got a uh, you've got definitely some some hot takes on that on that line of uh, 
discourse. Um, 34 minutes, is that enough for you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're, you're heading back, uh, you're heading back to the States tomorrow? Uh, today. Yeah, I guess, uh, if you can just tell Tiger, maybe we'll work him in next week. Okay. 